I've always felt that the salaries that the clubs pay players are crazy and unrealistic. The word we have tried to use so many times. We have tried not to use so many times, but we have to use. Again, shame on you. This is Sports 360. Welcome to Sports 360 Podcast. Well, uh, this is not the Jomotoibo. This is Adeyemi, Adesoya. And um, as usual, I'm not alone. Or we are not alone. <laughs> Olegutu is here. Still here. Live and direct. Today, welcome to another episode of Sports 360 Podcast. Yes, well, we are here, we are here. And of course, um, the Americans will call it his, uh, his sophomore appearance. I hope I use that the correct way. No, is this the sophomore? This is the second appearance. Oh, okay, okay, sophomore, yeah, sophomore. sophomore. So it's a sophomore appearance on the show. Jemola, welcome. Thank you very much. It's a privilege. It's an honor. And um, let's so do if this. You're, if you're new to the podcast, this is the Sports 360 Podcast. And you can follow us on Instagram. At Sports 360 Pod. You follow me at all social media platforms at YemiTM442. As usual, Sports 360 Podcast, we talk about issues related to sports, sports development, both, both domestically and on the international scene. Today, our first topic has to do with something that covers both the economic and social development scene. The AFCON, sports. In a lot of ways, helps with economic development, economic growth, social economic development, and one of the ways that sports does that is through infrastructural development. Now, a lot of people have said the Afcon should be restricted. Hosting of the Afcon, hosting rights of the Afcon, should be restricted to some particular countries. And when you look at the fifty-four countries across Africa, you probably won't be able to mention more than ten of these countries that a lot of people believe hosting should be more or less ceded to. And I'm not sure Nigeria is amongst those 10. But I'll come to body first. What do you think about people who are saying this? That, look, in the real context of hosting a 2014 competition like the AFCON, only a few countries have the capacity and the ability to host such in Africa. Um, th- that thinking, I, I, I don't think that thinking is um, is local to Africa. Even if if you look at the um, European Championships until recently, when um, the idea of um, multiple state, c- uh, cities and countries hosting was was uh, was mooted, the hosting of every major championship, whether at, whether at, at UEFA level or FIFA level, it, they, they, they usually rotate it among among certain certain, uh, certain nations. And I think this, this may be one of the reasons. That's, I think that was why when FIFA became flush with money, they, 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 they mooted this idea of helping other nations to grow their infrastructure by handing them money for development projects. Unfortunately, that went south because FIFA was, FIFA was thinking one thing. The leaders of the, the football leaders in those nations are thinking other, other things. So yes, Africa is concerned, especially on a continent where, um, we are trying. We are still trying to grow the the uh, the financial aspect of the sports. You can't afford to serve to serve people, which will include your sponsors. Something that is that, that's an eyesore. Your, your logistics have got to be on point. Your pitches have got to be on point, and every everything must work, everything everything has to work work together because the world is not a global village, and whether you like it or not, people are going to compare. We are go- people are going to watch what, what is served at, at FIFA level, at UEFA level, and they're going to look at what is served on the Afri- Afri- African continent level and, and thinking, why am I watching this? If it's not up to pass, so yes. As far as that goes, I agree. And the reason why we cannot, we cannot, um, we cannot do a buffet of, of, uh, of hosts like, like they do at UEFA and, UF and, uh, and, and FIFA is that the logis- logistics of travel in Africa is not as good as those, those other places. So unless there are neighboring countries, you know, like a West African thing or East African thing, where you lump nations together and hope that they, they'll get it right. Because even that, logistics, logistics have got to be tight because you, you, are, you are micromanaging several venues across borders at the same time. So I think until we get to that point where we can see a lot more nations, because I don't think we, 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 will, see, uh, we will see a situation where all 54 nations in Africa will have the same facilities. No, right now you're talking about ten. Maybe you see, maybe you get like five more, and then you you you, you consider those ones too. Why you are still rotating between the other ones, and then uh, and, and it goes on like that, like that, like that. I think yes, 
let's go to the best, let's go to the places where we get the best logistics, logistics, the best pitches, and the, and the best, um, the best coverage. And let's all enjoy the, 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 the tournament. Well, what, what should make that, that valid point? Some would say that why would we like to more or less divide the continent? Divide between the haves and the have-nots. And the have-nots. Um, when we're mentioning countries in the 54 that could potentially host the competition properly, I think we also need to consider some of the pronouncements we make in changing the rules or the composition of these competitions halfway. So, for instance, let's mention the 10, the potential 10. When you take out the North Africans, Algeria, Tunisia, Morocco, Egypt, that's four. Hmm. South Africa, five. I'm not sure. Are we going to get to 10? We will try. And it's shocking I'm, that... I'm, suppose trying that to, I'm trying my best not to add Nigeria, but... Somehow, we have to smuggle Nigeria. So, this is Nigeria, Ghana, Cote d'Ivoire, Senegal. 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 Yep. Rwanda now. Rwanda now, Rwanda yes. Rwanda now. And maybe one of either Kenya, Uganda, or Tanzania. Gabon. Now. That was there before. Gabon now, the question would then be, shouldn't we be concerned about even development of infrastructure across the African plane. Absolutely. Um, of course. But the issue is, just like in Nigeria, all the monies that uh, we have accrued over the years going to FIFA World Cups and going to other you know, tournaments, money comes in, but we don't see the essence of all this money yes, coming yes, yeah. in. Uh, I think I saw recently, um, making the rounds on social media, what Egypt did, the, the FA, yeah, did yeah, the, country, the headquarters, yeah. at the headquarters, massive where the national team can have um, a place to, when they come and they want to play for the nation, they have their own, you know, at Nigeria is suggesting that, that maybe uh, the stadium in Abuja is going to be, you know, uh, in, that, in that regard. But then, uh, it still remains to be seen if truly that can, and for you saying that Nigeria, uh, you know, uh, uh, the supposed giant of Africa is not in the equation, it's, it's baffling for me that, it, it just shows how, how, how much we have, we have derailed, you know, as a, as, as a nation. And when Buddy was saying that, um, um, you know, logistics and all that, we see that pan out too in, you know, our local, you know, football, they are traveling, you know, logistics and all that. We see how that comes to play. And you see other, um, North African club, they don't have such issues. Such they are well planned, yeah. you know, and we can continue, you know, in this same route and expect things to change. Uh, people that are running it should do better. They need to do better. If they need to go for trainings, they need to go for trainings. But things have to change. Definitely, I, I, I think it's it's it's, it's more it's, it's more a question of will. Not it's, look, these are things that, that have been done 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 in other places. Just copy and paste. You, you don't need to it's reinvent anything. Science. You don't need to reinvent anything. But to copy and paste, you need money. We're talking billions and billions of dollars. So in hosting the competition, it goes beyond the stadium. Yes, yeah. We are talking about transport, exactly. the network, exactly. the beauty of the hotels. The hotels. Well, maybe not beauty of the hotels, but the standard, the of, standard the hotels, of the hotels. The facilities, health facilities. That in itself, so it's, which is what makes sports particularly interesting. That in hosting the sports events, it links every other Faces. sector Absolutely. Um, together. I'll, I'll say something quickly. Um, when the Super Eagles played recently, and uh, not, not the last match, the one before, and I happened to be at the stadium, and just towards the end of the game, I, I felt pressed, and okay, let me go, and, and it was an I saw what I saw there. That, and the restrooms, right? Absolutely, it, it was an I saw. It was, it was. I was like, okay, so you want to tell me that this this stadium was, you know, um, passed feet by uh, car by for car the past well, be yeah. that. It, it, you know, it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. I mean, human beings should not be subjected. Fans should not be subjected to such. Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, uh, it's not even possible for um, things like that to happen in European, uh, you know, nations and in Africa, where we just think that uh, anything goes. I mean, we are humans here yeah, for for, for, for God's sake. I think I, I think it was at um, which which arena was this? Uh, was a basketball game? Hmm. I think it was the Rockets, uh, Twitter Center. 2018 Western Conference Finals. I left my seat, went to the restroom. 
and on top of the urinary, there's a screen there. Hmm. So you keep watching you the keep, you, Yes. <laughs> you are seeing what's going on on the floor. You are not missing anything. We are not even asking for much, yeah. <laughs> Just keep them clean. I was thinking, man, this is a different, this is a different level. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> this is a different level mm. entirely. Mm. Uh, well, uh, let's keep the toilets aside. <laughs> keep the toilets aside <laughs> <of this. laughs> but seriously, I think that we said it here before that the continental body also needs to realize that they have a role to play mm. in the infrastructure development across Africa. Mm. Absolutely. Why do I say super? So look at the experience of Cameroon now, trying to host a tournament that like, when they bid for the tournament it was a sixteen-team tournament. Mm. Exactly. I, 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 was, I, was, I was going to say that, <laughs> and then halfway into the qualification series, the year they couldn't host it anymore. We changed it to a 2014 tournament. Hmm. And Egypt had to step in. Now, it's finally come to, to them, which will happen in January. And still, there are a lot of concerns. There are some towns, especially where Nigeria is going to potentially play. There are no proper hotels in that location. You ask yourself, how much of a role can CAF, and I'm talking about on the continental basis now, play in helping those countries that they've committed those hosting rights to. Now, um, I, I don't think there's there's anything much CAF can do. The only thing CAF, CAF can do is what what we what we open the open with, ensure that ensure that those who have the facilities ready, keep hosting. Mm. Now, like you said, um, it's all tied together. When you develop your tourism. Um, and trust me, you and I know it. There are lots of interesting places you, you can go to in Africa and all these countries, but we have not developed up to up to a point where we attract people to it. Now, when you develop your tourism, you build hotels and resorts for the tourists to go to. Which means that if you, if you are not bidding for something like this, all you need, all, all you just need to uh, to add sure it's, just, it's just the arena, mm. because you the road network that will take your tourists to where they are going. They tell you how they will stay and, and the enabling environment to make them enjoy their stay is already there. So just add the arena. So you are not spending a lot of money as it were because there's something that you have been developing along the line. Now, what happens in Africa is that you get the ocean rise to a tournament. You start building hotels, start building arenas, start building roads. That's why it costs so much. I think that was why the English FA were, were so upset when they didn't get the last World Cup they bid for because everything you need is there. It's just ready. right mm. there. Road transport, uh, the tra- tra- uh, road network, real network, hotels, the fans, they are everything. All the industry was just maybe a, 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 a facelift. And in fact, they built some, some, some new train stations because I think I passed, I passed Ringland when, when they are getting ready to, to make they, they built a few, uh, some, some uh, new, so what Africa needs to do is that we've got to start from the basics to help ourselves first, because hosting an event is just it's just like adding um, adding um, uh, what, what, it's just like icing on the cake. The cake is, is there already, but in this case, there's even no cake hmm. except in, except in the five or six places that that that, that, the, so that we mentioned. There's, there's there's no cake, hmm. and that is a major issue. I would have said that my suggestion would be, okay, while we divide it up, maybe we need to tear it somewhat. Tear it in the sense that create cadence. So I mentioned these five, six that easily came to mind. We can keep those six in one place and say, okay, these are the guys that host the Nations Cup over the next 12 years. Right? More or less they know. Then for the age group competitions, you have another so maybe that's where Nigeria, exactly. Ghana, you know, uh, Cameroon. Because you need less. Because you need less. You need less, yes, to host those ones. You know, to host those it shows ones. you what you need to do. Kind of. Do you think that, that that will work on the context of, you know, saving funds, not spending too much, and also ensuring that development goes across board and at least there's a, there's a form of even growth across the continent. Absolutely. I mean, fair point you made there, but 
then again, uh, just like I was just reading this early, early this morning, um, aside all those points being mentioned, you know, having all those structures on ground and all that, if your country is not politically stable, as it is now in, in, in Cameroon, and there are calls now that um, even this Afghan should be postponed because of um, political unrest in some certain regions, uh, we're hearing that some Anglophones are part of the country, the fights going on, you know. So if all the structures are put in place and then the country is not stable itself, you know, where, you know, maybe certain areas or certain states of the country that have all these amenities you mentioned, but then there's political unrest there and you cannot travel, uh, how safe are the players coming, their fans and all that. So how, how would all this come into play if having done all this, there's no stability there? Something blows up throws everything you've done. Exactly. Or for real. So well, all this, all this before. as well, needs to be put into consideration. You know, when, when, when considering nations or countries that you know who host, because people's lives, you know, have to be utmost. With that, before I think uh, Libya couldn't host in was it twenty fifteen? It was moved to twenty seventeen, but still because of the unrest in their country, uh, Zimbabwe couldn't host in two thousand. Came to Ghana, Nigeria. Yeah. So we've been there. So I think it's a huge consideration that CAF needs to have. Yeah, uh, but, but you, you also made a fair point about uh, about about grading, um, because um, mean, with, with all due respect to to, to to women's football, women's football age grade, um, the um, the other the nations, Chan uh, uh, Chan yes, of African nations. You can you can test the readiness of these other nations by giving them a yes, chance. Yes, true. To host this lower okay, host this. Let's see how well you do. Can go, yeah. Because the, the the nation's cup is is a crown jewel, yeah, of calf, and I think it should go to the best of the best. No, um, no sentiments, uh, no, no sentiments no. at mm, all. Mm. That's what you're selling to the world. That's what the world wants to see. Honestly, that's exactly. where the best Africans across the globe. That's why they come to showcase their talents. And like you rightly said, uh, Demola. Um, you, you, you don't want to put any, anybody in danger, mm. but you, you want to be extra careful with this one. So I feel that, like, uh, like Yemi said, give the best of the best of these nations, the nations come. Let all the others be struggling or be competing or be bidding to host the other, uh, yeah. the other tournaments where it's easier, it's, it's easier to manage, manage yes. and the pressure is not that much. Sure. Yeah. On the case of the AFCON and to one of the teams that, um, I've won the AFCON three times. There's turbulence in the land. Um, the most, probably if you check the Guinness Book of Records, to check the most protected <laughs> sack debacle in the history of uh, world football. <laughs> world football. <laughs> it probably have to be the case of uh, the Nigerian Football Federation and the certain Franco-German General Fro. So finally, uh, Nigeria has parted ways with General Fro. Looking forward, but what does this pretend? Let's go straight into it. What does this pretend for the Super Eagles with this singular act of the RFF? Now, here's the thing. Before Raw was let go, we'd had this ongoing debate about whether the Eagles have any chance from what we have seen them from, from the way we have seen them perform with the qualifiers against top-rated teams and it goes deeper than just the way they play. Mm. The, the, attitude of, the attitude of some players, the coach himself, the NFF, and the conclusion, the conclusion was that there's no way, unless we are freeing ourselves, <laughs> that the Eagles can win the Nations Cup mm. the way they are right, the way, the, the way things are right now. Don't, don't let's limit, limit to, the, to the team. Raw is just a part of the problem. Yeah. So, and I've always believed that when you see a problem, it doesn't have to deal with it. There's no point in pushing it forward. Since we know we can't win the Nations Cup with the way, with, with the way we are, since we know, since we, know we, we, we need to make changes, I don't think the Eagles will be, the team will be negative, negatively impacted. My only concern is that there is no firm plan on what we are doing next. I look at the calendar of CAF and, and what the Eagles have to do over, over the next one year. I see a lot of matches, Nations Cup, World Cup, Polyphas, and all that coming up. And you want the NFL to be clear about what they are doing. 
right now, I get the sense that the raw sack came as a result of pressure from certain quarters. Mm. I get the sense that because we, we, we've also not been told how the coach will be settled, there is a chance that whoever it is that they want to hire, the same cloud will be hanging over, over, over that appointment. Sure. How will the salary be paid? <laughs> and so, the, I feel that we are, we are in the limbo. The Nations Cup is, is not my concern. My concern is going forward. What do you do after the Nations Cup? And that is where I think the problem is because, hey, look, there's so we are going to win the Nations unless a miracle happens. <laughs> Which is something we always pray for. Oh, yeah, yeah. So we, we like playing for miracles. Now, interesting, but they mentioned the fact that there seems to be no plan. And I worry because if it's taking you this long to finally get rid of Guerrero, what I expect is that for the length of time it has taken, upon excusing him, you know, of his position, you should be naming a substantive replacement. Mm. But instead, what do you have? A consortium of... uh, it goes to show that um, a concrete plan wasn't in place before, you know, the hammer blew on um, Coach uh, General, ex-Coach General. Uh, of course, the handwriting has always been on the wall, you know. Uh, Eagles doesn't, you know, generate excitement, you know, for Nigerians as it used to be back in the day. Uh, I remember, I mean, there was a time, um, a recent match that Eagles played that I wasn't able to go to the stadium to go watch. So I decided to go and, you know, uh, typical Nigerian, um, atmosphere and Nepal do what they do best and I thought oh let me go uh, quickly go outside and go see where I can get to watch and a few places I touched on equally playing now can I just see what's that business you got are they playing there's no interest again um, I mean this wasn't the case back in the day and in fact when that loss happened against uh, CAR which I think was one of the reasons why the coach was eventually sacked uh, I think it played you know a huge part uh, the, the the loss against um um, CR, yeah, and then the draw against um, Kimberly as well. I think those were just, you know, it was just um, uh, too much to swallow for the Nigerian public. The outcry was just too much. There were no ex- excitement with the Eagles play. And of course, uh, it took a long time for them to take that decision. But you expect that something will have been in place before doing that. But typical, you know, NFA fashion, uh, nothing has, you know, been said or, you know, to the, to the general public about why this happened, why this happened, and then the way forward. And then what we're hearing is that um, uh, they want to nick it in the board. Um, disaster waiting to happen. They want to make sure that it was averted. So I, I got thinking, you, you knew from the get-go that this was a disaster waiting to happen, but you waited this long, and then after being sacked, nothing concrete in place, you know, just same old, same old. It's shocking, but in that, um, you know, like I said, there are no plan. And we've gone from firing a raw to taking a consortium of people who have a few question marks or many question marks on them. Eguavon, um, also Eguavon, technical director of the NFF, a few question marks on this time. Mm-hmm. This is like his uh, fourth coming, or is it fifth coming, if I'm not mistaken, whether as full-time or caretaker or what have you. Um, Salisu Yusuf, Few question marks on. In fact, his his presence in that whole arrangement, based on you know his um, accusations of bribery or his being found guilty of um, uh, corruption, continues to raise a huge question mark. Paul yeah. Lightbogun, um, his tenure as on the twenty one coach <laughs> raises a lot of you know question marks. Um, the inclusion of Kanu Wanko, uh, Austin Okocha mm-hmm. as, te- should I call them technical ambassadors in the Super Eagles raises a lot of questions. So I asked myself, this entire consortium or composition of individuals, mm-hmm. what is the NFL seeking to achieve with this appointment? And two, can we expect a complete overhaul? Notes. I just read before we came on there that uh, we have all said he's already spoken to 
Kelechi Wakali, why that comes up at a time like this is a bit shocking for me. <laughs> so, are we looking at a complete overhaul? Or, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Well, um, thankfully, Kelechi Wakali has played, has, has played a game or two under, under General Tro. So, it's not a stranger to, to the team. And I may understand Egravo's thinking process. Wakali is talented. He might be a bit, um, I reserve that word, but he's he, 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 a bit talented. So Egravo might be thinking, maybe there's a place for him, for him in, in, in the team. Of course, we have seen most players play for, for, for the yeah. Spire Goose. <laughs> and I, I won't worry so much about the about the composition of the top three, top four. Uh, because I feel that a lot of people that you mentioned, they are going to be working in the background, in the periphery of the team. Although they did say that too many cooks spoiled the broth. Yeah. Because if all of them are talking at the same time in the dressing room, if there's no hierarchy, if there's no, if there's no clear understanding of their rules, mm. there might be confusion. But if there's, a, if, if there's a clear understanding of their rules, honestly, between, between Eguavoin and um, Salisu, I think we have enough to get this into the Nations Cup and do what General do, do what Trump can do and maybe a bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, I know both of them very well. Salisu in particular, he has an impressive coaching, uh, coaching record and I like the way he sets his, his teams to play and he's the one that knows the players. He's been around. Remember, he's been around with Trump for, for a long time. Yeah. So I guess if there's any misgivings, of, if, if, if there's any shortcomings on the side of Guavoin, he'll be the one to say, hey, this is and I think there's enough respect between between both men mm. for them to work well together. Now, where I begin to worry is if the other components that you mentioned, if they feel that themselves and the coach, they're at par. And mm. so, and if the coach says something, they, have to, they also have to say something. If all, of them, if, if all of them are in the same room talking at the same time, then the signals might cross and the players might get confused or there might be friction that will, that will filter to the team and disturb and, and upset their their, um, their, their their preparations, so I, I'm not worried about whether they'll deliver. I'm not. I feel whatever it is that Rock can give us a Nations Cup, they are capable of get, getting us there to do it. Where I worry is if Guavo starts starts thinking hmm. that he can bring eight or nine new players into hmm. this team before Nations Cup. That would be a mistake. Hmm. Um, I feel that it should it should, it should maybe a, a, a player or two. Funny enough, I agree with Makali, given what you know he can do, if he really wants to yeah. put that inside and play, he brings a new dimension to the team. But it is, when we start talking about more players than one, two, <laughs> there might be a problem. Hmm. So, if, if I get you right, you, you are, you are, you agree to the point or you've come to the resolution that this is the team that will take us to the short most definitely. Wow. I, I honestly think that um, the team needs maybe two or three new faces. These guys there, uh, you know, I, I go to see them play, you know, live and um, they're a lot more relaxed. I said a few players that can, you know, I can easily call their names. Um, the striker and I got injured, I've forgotten his name now. Osima and Indidi. These guys, you know, put all on the pitch when they go to play for Nigeria, mm. you know. If you can have three or four players put in the same amount of work like these other guys do, you see some players just, they know for sure that under general, they will come in, they will get that jersey and they will play. There's no competition, you know, as aware. You know, some players that are really, really doing well that should come in and give these other guys, you know, a run for their money, you know, like let there be competition, even to the local guys as well, you know, blood them in and, and see what they can, what, what they can do. But when you have, your mindset on certain players, whether or not they, they are performing week in, week, week out <laughs> in the various clubs, they know that they are going to make that, that team, make that, you know, get that jersey. Uh, but now, be that as it may, you know, of course, there won't be, whole, you know, wholesome changes in the squad. It won't make any sense, but three, four players, you know, that can come in. And of course, every coach will always have their own people they want exactly. to bring in, you know. So, I, I think that's where we might need to have a bit of worry. Worry. Because Eguavon you know. and his team, in quote now, May have certain players that they have their eyes on or Absolutely. have interest in. As, as a shield. As yeah, a shield. And if you look, you know, these guys, if I bring them into the team, they are probably better than this one or that or one. even give them Who's competition. Long run. Let them, let them sit up, sit tight and know that, yes, you can just, you know, walk into the team. You have to earn it, you know. 
uh, of course, it, it's a short uh, space of time now between now and um, the Nations which Cup, which is so, just which is less, less than, than a month. Which is where I kind of agree with Bolu's assertion that you don't need to call up to nine or more. Definitely not. Definitely two or three not. new players can join. But I have my suspicion that with these guys at the helm and their potential overwhelming desire hmm. to please, to please, might decide to call up the number of new guys. I don't think that will happen. <laughs> I don't think that That's will happen. What I, I, I think that that would be the case because because we have a team that's been set up without use using options, having mm. many options. Mm. So, for instance, over time we've had ideally three core midfielders: Etebo, Ndidi, yep. Aribo. Yep. Now, and everybody has said, "Come, you can't build a team having only three core midfielders." Then you now had some. Little injections, Frank yeah. Oyeka, mm-hmm. uh, uh, HUK, and those shoes. Now, expect that when these guys come in, they will look at the team and say, look, I think I can add a few other people, which is where Iwakali has come up now. Mm-hmm. And I'll be shocked if some other new names come into the scene. And that's where I worry. In the long run, yes. But for the, you know, going to the Nations Cup and, you know, preparations for the Nations Cup, I don't think there'll be hosts, you know. Watch out for the 40 man team list. <laughs> oh, 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 see, that, that one for sure. <laughs> yeah, we'll get a 40 man, 40, 35 or 40 man team list, wow. which will be written down. But for me, if the players can, I don't think it has that much time, you know, and because it, it's, it's, it's banging in the middle of a season, they also, they, they also have that, he might need to make up his mind quickly. And yeah. get the, play, the exact players in this because some of them, for instance, I, I was reading um, that um, uh, um, what, what do you call it? Marvelous, Marvelous Nakambo Villa. The coach, um, uh, Gerard, was talk, talking to his national team coach that look, this man lets him arrive a bit late. So the, same, the, with, uh, the same with the Rangers Rainbow. contingent yeah. for Nigeria. Exactly. Yeah. See, because most of these guys are going to arrive, especially, especially those, those from England. Mm. Who play through through, through the Christmas and they, they, they are going to arrive like eight days, nine days to, to their first game. They, they, they won't get the full complaint of so you can't afford to so you now can't afford to call someone and then have it and then drop him. And I don't think I don't think a governor is going to is, is going to do that. Well, on the on the strength of what to do and not what to do and controversy, therefore, Formula One season ended to probably. The most dramatic of seasons, but like what we always see, buddy, controversy is good for sports. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. So in this case, for the first time in a number of years, we have a new winner, new name on the podium, on the winners' podium. Do you think that? Um, Max, Max Verstappen, Verstappen. I said Allegri. <laughs> Max Verstappen has finally found a way to break into the established order. And is that a, a pointer to what the future is going to be like within, in the next five years? I think unless Verstappen wants to fool himself. First off, I mean, I'm a, I'm a fan of Hamilton, right? But Verstappen has had such a good season overall yeah. that he can be proud that he has won, finally. But you look at that final race and you know that without certain things, some will argue that it's all part of the, part of the intrigues of racing. But when you go into a shootout of a race, because, I mean, you and I know that they are both tied on points, Right, but Verstappen was ahead because he had more, more races. More races yeah. So you know that this is one race that you have to win, and then you get pole position, and then for more than fifty laps you are trailing this guy, mm. and you have no chance of catching him mm. until Fortune smiled on you. So unless he wants to fool himself, he will know that man. I, I, my, and you, you know, look, if this were to be a boxing match, they would declare a draw. Yeah, aha, uh-huh. they would declare a draw. And the man with more titles or the man with the title will go, go, go away with his title. So Versailles will know that Fortune smiled on him. 
he got lucky. For him to get to that place that you described, he has to come back next next year and do it again. And, and convincingly, convincingly, that's the word. Take Hamilton out. Mm. Because remember, I think it was two or three weeks ago that that we are asking here. Yes. At that point, was Hamilton had not won. He has uh, Abu Dhabi. He has it. I was saying that if Hamilton wins Abu Dhabi, then there's going to be a problem. Saudi Arabia, you mean? Because Abu Dhabi was okay. Won. He hasn't won Saudi Arabia. He hasn't won Saudi Arabia. Mm. Just won, and then Saudi was in, was in view. Mm. And I, I I did say here that right now Hamilton has got it in his head, and Hamilton is not going to drop another race. Well, he wasn't going to. He wasn't going to until this one. <laughs> So, the job is not done yet. Whilst we're talking about Max, can we say that on the strength of what happened during that race, was it very good team strategy for Red Bull? The way they placed Sergio Perez on Lewis Hamilton? Absolutely. All true. Absolutely. Would you say it was great team strategy um, for Red Bull? Of course it was. Of course it was because it reduced the um, seconds, you know, by which Hamilton will have, you know, eventually you know, led, you know, versus um, Vestapin because before the, the, the crash happened, Hamilton was leading by a massive 12 seconds, which in motorsport, you know, it's really, it's really huge. Time. And credit to uh, um, Perez. Perez because he, he, he more or less reduced, you know, that gap. Hamilton will have got way, way ahead, but he held his own down. You know, the team strategy for uh, Red Bull was spot on and uh, a true team player, uh, Perez was, I mean, and, and when it was time for Vestapin to come back in, he just easily left the road and allowed Vestapin to just, you know, go after um, uh, um, Hamilton, which was which was great, fantastic strategy by um, Red Bull. But that being said, I know that Vestapin, deep down, he will know that yes, if not for, well, I wouldn't say it was fortune. I, I think it was just, uh, as far as I'm concerned, the <laughs> wrong call by Massey. It was Massey, it was fortune. You know, and he's under fire even up until now. And with all that is going on now, I, I wonder how he's going to but we, we are in talks that, you know, his FI people, you know, are going to rally around him, you know, his race director. I'm sure we're going to, you know, get into that. But I just think if not for that call, definitely, Hamilton will have cried today. Talking about that controversy, let's, let's get into it. First one, okay. the one at the, the issue on Tom one, where Perez and Hamilton got into it and the stewards did nothing about it. I thought at no, first Vestapin and Hamilton, not Perez, at, at the first turn. Well, yeah, it was Vestapin and Hamilton. Yes. At the first, that something should have been done about that mm-hmm. particular mm-hmm. instance. Nothing was done, and I think that kind of probably potentially built up to what eventually happened <laughs> with the safety cars. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I wonder why it is that you give the race director that much power to make a ruling decision on the spot and not. On the basis of what the rule books more or less provides, why there were two different scenarios at that first turn. You know the rule book need not to be applied then. You know because we're talking about the second one where uh, safety car was deployed and there are you know rules guiding F1. You know when it comes to you know uh, overlapping and not lapping and uh, safety car and whatnot. But that first turn it was just a coming together. Of course. Uh, Hamilton veered off, you know, the main, um, you know, yeah. um, and then Verstappen, you know, called in and was like, why wasn't the guy penalized? He has to give, uh, his number one position back, but the stewards, they saw nothing wrong in that, but that built up to, you know, a certain crescendo, which we saw at the end of the race. Uh, but that call again at, you know, the, the last lap, uh, I, I think it, it, as far as I'm concerned, my own opinion this time around, I, I don't think it was because I can you just, it was just flip flopping as far as I'm concerned when, uh, Max Horner called, called him and said, just let them race. You have said that, uh, uh cars who, who lapped will not, you know, overtake the safety car. And then you allowed some to overtake. You didn't allow some. I mean, the call was just, it was just maybe like some people said, they were building, um, 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 a nice, um, climax, climax or, or, or scene for, Netflix, of course, you make for a fantastic movie or, or <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, but then is it fair? Sport has to be fair. And in that, in that case, I don't think it was. What does this do? This, because of the way the season has ended, whilst definitely it potentially adds a lot more eyeballs to Formula One, um, makes it a lot more exciting. Yep. And attracts a lot more followers. Yep. But in the long run, 
What does it do to the integrity of the sports itself with respect to having, because look at through the course of the season, you've had several issues from Max antics to the halo issue. So even the way, you know, Lewis has handled certain things. What do you think happens to the overall integrity and the future of this sport on the long run? If so, these things are not um, attended to and responded to with a resolute and with a stronger uh, response. I think, um, I, I don't think this, um, first off, this has been a very, very interesting season. Mm. And uh, you, you, you will admit, admit that both Amazon and Verstappen has had, uh, both of them have, have had cause to protest or complain at some point or the other. So it has been, it has been a flip-flopping season where the, where decisions are concerned. And I, I do feel that it depends on what the FIA, what, what they do with Massey going forward. You know, in, 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 in football, um, when something happens, they deal with the referee. And once, once the referee is dealt with, you, you don't, you can't blame the, uh, the, the, the government body. You feel, you feel satisfied that they have done the right thing. So it, it remains to be seen what the FIA, because I, I don't think we've had the last of this. We have. Um, the, the integrity of the sport has not been compromised. I can tell you that. But it depends on what they do with Massey because if they keep Massey as race director, this is where it becomes a problem because if they, they said in race next year, where he's, where he's presiding over. Ah. Exactly. Bef- even before they get to the arena, the media will be awash with cons- conspiracy theories. Mm. And that, and I, I think that is what the FI will want or should want to avoid. This has gone, it's gone. You can, you, you can, you can put, you, you can put it down to anything, emotions, uh, uh, flight of fancy, anything that's happened. Right now, all those who are giving, who are giving these undertones, they're on their own. Mm. <laughs> but what will FIA do? Because whether I like it or not, there's a question mark on the director for this one. Hmm. So the spotlight will be on a lot of race directors going into next year. Absolutely. And then they realize that uh, they probably play a major role in deciding the destination of the F1 title. Uh, and now, um, Massey, because um, just before I came and I was you know, reading some new um, information coming through, that um, Mercedes are still looking to go ahead with um, you know, submitting their, you know, because as far as that I don't, concerned. I don't think it's necessary. It, it is not. But then uh, what we're hearing now is that uh, the, the FIA, you know, uh, I mean, you're going to investigate one of their own and because they can't go to spot arbitration for, um, no, for long, can't do that. They, they can't do that. Now, it has to be an in-house thing where the FIA, you know, will come together and there will be, you know, like, and there will have to be decision to be made. So would they want to sell out one of their own? You know, when this um, 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 Hamilton and Mercedes's um, intention to file, go ahead. So, they, and they are, they are saying now that they are going to back, they are, they are going to back Massey, you know, but going forward and for the integrity of um, Formula One itself and for, for next year, uh, I think something has to be done and uh, just to protect the integrity of uh, Formula One itself because, I mean, they, they, fans that they never thought they would have, you know, in numbers this year alone has garnered so much interest and they, they wouldn't want to jeopardize, you know, uh, the, 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 the impact that fans can have on Formula One going forward. It's been a thrilling season that has promised a lot. Yep. And definitely delivered a lot. For me, whilst we take out Max and Lewis Hamilton, I'm also interested in some of the guys that I think that are coming are up. kind of bubbling under. Bubbling under those two. We're talking of uh, Sergio Perez. Um, it's so it's so painful when you mention those first two, and you can't mention Sebastian Vettel. You know, you're talking about the young Schumacher who's also coming up. You're talking about Daniel Norris, who also has an opportunity to come up. Um, it'll be to see what Mercedes does next year. They won the constructors' title, and I think that is one they should take as quote unquote a consolation prize <laughs> <laughs> and face. The also for next year because 
Next year is a clean slate. Oh yeah. A clean slate. But if I, if I, if I ask you, but out of those that we've mentioned or that we know that are bubbling under, which one would you say impressed you enough and you feel that next year might be the one to run the other too close? The fact is that this season, those two are so far ahead of the rest of the, of the class. And I think it was at the start of the season that uh, Bottas won the race. And some, I, I, I was reading on social media where some people were saying already is comparing him to Hamilton. <laughs> I said, God, yeah, it's too early. At the end of the day, Bottas fell so far apart, oh, yes. fell apart <laughs> and, and fell so far behind that you are thinking, is this the same guy that you saw that was, that was, but, but as himself was flexing with Hamilton. It the, was, it uh, was. At, at and the then at some point, season. just, you know, you could know. it be because he's leaving? <laughs> so I, 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 at that point I thought that maybe Butas, you know, where, you know, you know what they say, no matter how good the car is, you got to drive it. So I was thinking, okay, okay, let, let's even assume that Mercedes is a good car. It, it must have something in him for him to be, to be driving this well. So for me, the fact that these two guys are so far ahead of, of the rest of the, because I expect that for any of these other guys to, to get any, uh, any, what do you call it? Any credit with, with me. I expect them to have done in the course of the season what Butas did that one time. Mm. Puncture the, 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 the win ratios of these guys with a victory here, Pepe a victory here. I know that these guys got like, um, uh, put down positions, but most is one yeah. and two. One, but they are, they are fighting for three. And even the three, they are not consistent. So let's see whether next season will give us something to cheer. But as it is right now, I think as long as these two guys are active, maybe when Hamilton leaves, somebody will step up because I don't see any driver winning every race in the season. <laughs> so maybe when one of them leaves, most likely Hamilton, when he, maybe when he retires, someone will step up and give Verstappen enough respect. But as it is right now, I don't think you there's anyone, see. anyone that sure. can, that can, that can beat his chest and say, hey, you know what? I'm going to have to challenge any of these guys. Any decision that you mentioned, I think it was, it was a case of people thinking that maybe we're going to have a Nico Rosberg moment. <laughs> where you know another Mercedes driver would be running Lewis close. But I guess probably it was just a, a flash in the pan and maybe some <laughs> form of wishful thinking and people looking for some kind of excitement, excitement or yeah. a chink. I, know, I, I, actually expect, I actually expected more from uh, Bottas going to this season because the first few races it was you know up and there and about. You know, but um Especially this last race was disappointing for me, but I expected him to come through and, uh, you know, pull up a bit of a fight. Just like um, and the other guy was doing for Vestapin. Uh, what's his name now? Sergio Perez. Sergio Perez was doing for Vestapin, but uh, we didn't see that coming to play. Uh, he, he tried some more to, you know, be there, you know, and about. But I, I think the fact that he's leaving at the end of, uh, you know, the season, seeing that he won't be there again, I, I don't want to say, because I trust that he will be, you know, as professional as he can be, you know. Um, no one is calling his integrity into question here, but I just felt that he, he could have done a lot better, you know, as, as a teammate. Of course, uh, nobody wants to play second fiddle. We always want to be there, just like um, the guy that won against Hamilton, a summer teammate now, Nick Roseburg, uh, did, and, you know, and it was it was interesting to watch. It was interesting to see. But there was no doubt going into this season that the fight was always going to be between um, Verstappen and um, Hamilton. And uh, what a year, you know, uh, Formula One had. Finally, buddy. Going to next year, what would you like to see change somewhat? Going to the next into the next season, what would you like to see change in Formula One that could probably make the competition better or stir up some more controversy? I think um, I, I'll need the the FIA to be a bit more consistent in in, in their calls. Um, sometimes you see them give one decision for this guy and then they give them one, this one against the other. Um, the one I mentioned when, uh, Hamilton, when, when, uh, uh, Bull people are asking Hamilton to give out the position when, when it took, I, look, if you are, if you are going to go by what happened in their last race, I feel Hamilton should have been asked to give, to give, give back the position because yeah. I, because I think that at that point in the race, even if Hamilton had given up that position, to have gotten it back. Yeah. So, I mean, they should, that, that, see, that's the point where you let them race. <laughs> so, I, I, I want them to be a bit more consistent. 
let them be let, 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 let there be no room. Although, no matter how how well you try to be to be fair, people are still going to read and see what, what they want to see. But when, like in the case of this final race, when if drivers are saying what's going on, what happened there? Why did you make that call? When drivers who have been racing are questioning the course of race director, mm-hmm. that should not happen. Yes. Because the, the rule book is there, it's out it's there, there for there, to see. You know. Just interpret it as it is. Don't be, don't be, don't be, don't be giving us nuances <laughs> that, that we can't see as if it's not written in English. True, true. Because you had, you know, drivers questioning some decisions like, like so is this allowed? Is, going this allowed to, is this allowed? To, because understand. there's a rule book to be followed and now you're not following. We understand that, yes, as a race director, you have, you know, controllable proceedings on certain issues. Absolutely. But, but when let, it comes let that to control be within the rule book. Within the rule book, exactly. Because there are rules guiding the F, you know, Formula One. That lap cars and somebody was leading with twelve massive seconds, and you allow yes, you wanted a grand finale, and then you decide to go and place them sat- of one mean, lap, of one lap, <laughs> and go of one lap. So if that man keeps his job, I'll, I'll, I'll you know, I'll be really yeah, surprised. Well, you know, the the guys in the in the Verstappen side of the argument just love what happened. Of course, they will. <laughs> and as but far as if it had been against them, the opera will have been much more than you know. Well, so let's call it spirit. As far as that concern, all is fair in the, what, what do you call it? All is fair in, <laughs> in love, in love and war. war. <laughs> so all is fair in uh, this Formula One war as we come to the end of this episode of Sports 360 podcast. My name has been Adi Adesanya. It has not changed. The Jamato will be here next time. You can follow us on Instagram at Sports 360 pod. You can follow me on all social media platforms at YemiTM442. You can follow um, Bode at Bode10. Oh, sorry. Uh, my uh, Twitter accounts, IBD10. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's different. <laughs> Mine is YemiTM442. <laughs> oh, no. Demolas is uh, at Dames Love Rules, D M Z L O V E R U L E Z. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for downloading, for supporting, for engaging. Uh, See you next time. Bye for now.